0: The Rock and Roll and Coffee Show is brought to you by Writers and Rockers Coffee Company. Keeping the music and memories alive with some damn good coffee. Visit them at writersandrockerscoffee.com. And Retroactive, located at Broadway at the Beach in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. 70s, 80s, 90s retro. Shopretroactive.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show. My guest this evening is Stephen Shiro. Steven is the singer for the band Kick Tracy, and he has a new project out now called Zen From Mars, which features Drew Fortier from The Lucid as well as Chips Enough. They have an album out called Intermission. It is available on all streaming platforms, so make sure you go check it out wherever you get your music from. A very good record. I definitely recommend it. I'm going to talk to Steven about uh, Zen From Mars, and I'm also going to talk to him about His audition for three great bands, not one, but three. He auditioned for Motley Crue, Velvet Revolver, and Stone Temple Pilots. Um, So we're going to discuss that. We're going to discuss the possibility of Kick Tracy reunion and much more. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did, and I appreciate you watching. Thank you so much. It's the rock and roll. You know what i wanted to talk to you about just get right yeah. into it i wanted to talk to you about um zen from mars oh cool yeah 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 because yeah. that's that's some good stuff right there and thank you brother yeah you did that with um that was something that drew came reached out to you for
1: he did he, uh, some time ago um god probably six years or so ago, i guess he um He originally reached out to me because he, I'm sure you saw the attack of life, the, you know, the bang tango movie. Well, apparently he had a vision that he wanted to do one of those with Dick Tracy. And I was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. (laughs) You know, I wasn't really on board with that, but, and so we kind of worked through all that, whatever. And, and, uh, and became very close with just an instant connection you know um and he was like hey man you know i've got all this you know these these tunes these tracks that i was going to use for this bang tango record and and he goes you mind if i um you know send you over some stuff or whatever and i said Music, you know, music talks. Man, fired off, and he sent me an acoustic version of what we now know as uh, New Leaf, which is the first. It's actually a bonus track on the on the CD. And uh, I, I, I would literally, I think I, I listened to it. and I went, I, I think I probably just went right into the like my, my spare room there and, and recorded something in a couple hours and fired it wow. back at him. And he was like. Holy crap, you know, and we were, it was just kind of like, bam, you know, and, and it, it, our, our chemistry is pretty special. I mean, that it kind of happened that way pretty, pretty quickly for a lot of, with a lot of the tracks. Mm -hmm. So he just kept firing me, you know, things and, and, uh, you know, I'm just writing to him and, and really the versions that you hear on the record right now, the finished versions are, uh, Pretty close, other than like, oh, this verse needs to be like, you know, half a bar shorter or something. But mm-hmm. they literally are the arrangements that you, um, uh that the original like acoustic track that I, I wrote to, and then we took those and just kept building and building and building. And it's like, and there it is. Wow! so wow. I love and, that process.
0: And you, you, Drew, recruited some chips enough for this and uh, a couple other guys, right?
1: Right. Yeah, okay. everybody re- recorded in the comfort of their own home. I actually went to Chip's place in Chicago early on when we were, you know, we were thinking, oh, it'll be a band. But in my mind, Is That Mars has always been, you know, kind of a, a writing collaborative mm-hmm. between Drew and I, because everybody kind of has their own other projects going on that he had involved. And I Uh, really? To me, the core of it is myself and Drew. Whatever happens, you know, outside of that live, and if we decide to go play something, is it could be, you know, like the next record could be a whole different group of people, which we've Mm -hmm. already talked about, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, but we love Chip, and his stuff is amazing.
0: Awesome. So you are going to plan on doing some more music together?
1: We are. Yes. I just had a lengthy conversation with drew yesterday and it was fantastic and good to uh just we had hadn't spoken in a few I know he went you know he obviously had gone through other than the you know we've talked over the health challenges and the mm-hmm. battle that he got through thank God and right. um, but um just as far as you know kind of re-collaborating or, and recalibrating I should say on the on the Zfm stuff you know it it, it, it it's a it was a Tough road, man, to get that record to to across the finish line, I gotta say, man. <laughs> it was right, you know, we creative differences, communication breakdown. I mean, all of it, whatever, man, just like full-on divorce, you know. Wow. <laughs> but so uh, that's what it takes sometimes.
0: And it just came out not too long ago, right? You just got it out to the public?
1: April, April 23rd is the official release date.
0: Wow. So how many years in the making was that? <laughs> Quite a few.
1: It, yeah, it was.
0: It's six years. I'm gonna guess six years. around there is probably
1: when he first sent me "New Leaf" and "A Flame." Again, those are the two bonus tracks, which is kind of ironic. But um and you know, so it got a fast start, and then it like just you know fizzled for a second, and then it got kickstarted again. And then it just completely imploded. And then, you know, pandemic hit. Hmm. And then, yeah. And then I was like, you know, one way or another, I'm getting this record out because it's, I'm very proud of it. Actually, I'm, I, I, it's, you know, I put a lot of, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into it. I mean, myself and Richard, and, I mean, everybody that's involved, I, it couldn't have gotten done. Obviously, everyone did their part, and it's beautiful, but God, I mean, I have also a beautiful chemistry with a guy named Richard Easterling, who's the, the, uh, you know, uh, engineer, producer guy that we kind of, you know, co-created it, huh. and we spent a lot of time in Colorado Springs just hashing that out you know and figuring it out everybody recorded all those tracks you know the bands was never in the same room together once sure. so it's yeah that's a it's a complete file sharing you know comfort of your own home kind of recording so yeah
0: just a lot of work and tweaking that stuff and, and um but i'm very happy with it and very proud of it it's it's awesome stuff you sound great on it everybody sounds great on it thank you brother and your thank voice you is much. still there thank you very much <laughs> 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 yeah i mean that's got to be the fear right of every singer as as they grow older i mean your voice may go anytime to
1: a certain extent yeah for sure if there's no worse feeling in the world as a singer than to lose your voice that's for sure what's happened to me i think once
0: yeah so, i mean not, you can only control, you only can control it to a point right this is true.
1: This, this, this is my instrument, And so I, you know, been fortunate enough to be conscious of that at a very young age and I've taken, you know, measures in my life to, uh, I guess to preserve what I do have and, and take care of myself. So
0: mm-hmm. knock on wood. that's awesome. Now, when Thank you, you recorded this, you said you recorded everybody record their own tracks, which is yes. becoming more common these days. Um, yeah. you like recording that way? Um, I do
1: in certain respects because, you know, you don't have all the too many cooks in a kitchen kind of a thing, you know, in a room and everyone's, you know, you're pulling your hair out sometimes unless there's a really beautiful chemistry. I, I do miss being in a room with a group of guys that has this, that flow, you know, that that's where creativity is. There's no, you know, the egos or everybody's checked out at the door and it's just a beautiful kind of, you know, um, flow. Um, so however it gets done, you know, I mean, it, 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 in this particular case, um, I guess to express my, myself creatively and get this, pro, you know, particular vision out this is the way it had to happen so Mm -hmm. i don't know if it would have gotten done in in another
0: (laughs) in another scenario right right and then um you released some solo records what was the latest one um silver linings correct that was in 2020 right early pandemic yeah Yeah, yeah yes sir so was the pandemic was that in full force when you released that or Were you not expecting that? It was. And you released released it anyway.
1: I did. I just, I I had the songs and I thought, you know, all of a sudden we were in lockdown and it was, I think we, uh, you know, all all that music is stuff that I I kind of like write by myself sitting here on a piano, which I Mm. don't even consider myself a piano player. I'm kind of like, you know, just... (laughs) by ear childlike, you know and and, but it's a beautiful process for me to just like get out of my own way and i I love the piano it's been an incredibly enlightening instrument for me as a singer and and just melody etc but i had the songs and bernie is the guy that i did my first solo record with and uh which is called uh, golden and so you know we were kind of like i think the restrictions at the time were starting to ease a little bit you know we could go out and I think I was golfing or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Any, a golfer. <laughs> Get outside. I am a hardcore golfer. Yes, I am. Wow. Uh, um, but, uh, and so I just connected with Bernie. I said, hey, man, I got these tunes and we went and recorded them and put them out. So we, we very comfortable, good chemistry I had, you know, obviously with him from Golden in previous, you know, recording sessions, etc. Sure. So it flowed real nice.
0: Yeah, and the songs came out great on those as well. I mean, Thank I, I wasn't—I didn't know what to expect when I first put it on. You never know what to expect yeah. when you put someone's solo record on, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was great stuff. I mean, it's not a rock album. It's more no. of what would you consider that? Um, just soul,
1: but not soul. You know, it's just me. I—I I, I don't know. I think if they're just these little, little pop soul gems of mine that yeah. I, I come up with here in my home there. It is not a rock record. It's right. not, if someone's coming to, to my solo stuff to expecting to hear kick Tracy or, you know, some sort of, you know, heavy stuff or whatever it is, it's not, it's just, it's really just kind of allowing myself without any filter to just do what it is. I naturally kind of do, you know, mm-hmm. try to get out of the way of myself.
0: Yeah. You well, know? you have your voice is a, uh... I always thought you know with your voice compared to the bands that were in your era at the time of the late 80s early 90s your voice was one of the ones that stood out i mean you had more more soul i guess to your voice than a lot of those guys did you know thank you and um to hear you sing on that kind of music was just fantastic i think it works perfect thank you very much brother i appreciate it i'm I'm proud of those songs awesome well let's go back a little bit um to the kick Tracy days. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's go. You miss those days. Um, some of it,
1: <laughs> some of it, some of it, you know, I miss, Um, I, I, I miss, like I said earlier, I kind of miss that camaraderie of, 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 you know, knowing that you're, you've got rehearsal that night, you know, I mean, we rehearsed a lot, you know, we, we, we were definitely like, um i could be doing anything as a job and 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 get through the day knowing that i was you know gonna that we had rehearsal and i was gonna rock that night or a gig or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and i missed i missed that you know i i'm kind of from the the cloth of you know living with the guys and, and just i like being around it you know like in, immersed in like yeah. you live in the same house, you were you know you, you rehearse in the basement, you record in the attic, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> Everyone's it's just 24-7. So I you know I do miss that aspect of it. I, I miss kind of the excitement of like when we first got signed and you know all the firsts, I guess if you will, mm-hmm. um of you know our first tour bus or first, you know, making our video. Just all the it's crazy man because like they were all dreams and literally visions that I, I that literally I, I'm like just standing here saying, you know, they things these things kind of things do come true. You know, yeah. I'm I'm proof positive that like literally, if you can see it, you can be it. And so I missed that. Um I missed uh some of the hair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well the hair looks great now. So thank you very much. <laughs> um um, now you're not from LA right? You were born or you're from like the Midwest, kinda
1: yes. born okay. in Detroit, born in Detroit, my family I shortstin in Chicago and all, most of my family's all in Minnesota now.
0: So did you go to la to be try and be a rock star? Is that why you did. went out there? Yeah, one hundred percent yeah and did and my- did you go by yourself or with a band? I went by myself. I actually
1: met a guy. I came out. Uh, I actually went to met the Nam show in Chicago um, in 87. I want to say it was. Yeah. Somewhere, whenever. And I met this drummer. I saw him playing in like one of the demo booths. And he was like, I mean, I was just like, my I've never seen anyone play. I mean, it was like sticks were flipping behind his back and it, he never seemed to miss. It was like a Tommy Leon crack. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it was crazy, you know, just, but an incredible presence. Of, and I ended up meeting this guy. His name was Todd Moriarty. He ended up, be, he his, he ended up becoming Theodore Love in, um, I, I, I want to say, he had a a, a a a band on the strip after we did uh, did our thing, and even after Kit, uh, Kit Tracy called Imagine World Peace, mm. um, IWP, or I want pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that's not me, I, that was that was them. Anyway, uh, yeah, hundred and eighty right there. Imagine World Peace, <laughs> um, but he he was like yeah we met in chicago and he's like i got this band out in la and i was like really and i'd be you know we had a my family had a place out in palm springs so i had been coming out to la for like holidays and this that and the other for years and uh he's like watch god we're looking for a singer and, and i like literally flew out and met met these the you know, these other few guys or whatever and um bass player guitar player and we're like Thumbs up, everything's great, flew back home. Um, I remember walking into my mom's up to you know, my parents' bedroom up there, knocking on the door, and they're and they're like, hey, come on in. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm I'm gonna I think I've decided I'm gonna move to Los Angeles. So I'm like, oh my God, what like fantastic? When? And I'm like, tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I like packing, I'm loading the car. They just, you know, it literally, I think I had like 700 bucks and left yeah. right? so August of 87. And, and then, so that ran its course for probably that was a band that ended up being like a band of four singers. (laughs) Everyone wanted to be, Mm. yeah, it was just ran its course for about six months. And I'm like, oh, God. And I was debating, like, do I turn and burn, go back home or what. And I was looking through the music connection. I think it was of ads for singers and came across the ad that Greg Hacks had run for, you know, who, the guitar player for Kid Tracy. And, and I walked up the driveway and the rest is history. <laughs> that was We got signed. You know, I joined that band in, like, 80, uh, 89, and we were signed about a year later. In in one year. That's early. Yep. Did a three-song demo. We had Cats in the Cradle. Um, we did a version of Cats in the Cradle. I, I don't heard know if you do that. Yeah, it's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ugly Kid Drew Joe actually lifted us for that
0: one. <laughs> These guys. <laughs> yeah, you They're had great. that before them.
1: We did. We toured the West Coast and we were playing that song. We played, we did a short tour with them on the West Coast. And I, next thing you know, after we played with them, like for six dates, they're doing a version of the Cats in the Cradle. I'm like, oh, okay, right on. Mm-hmm. Man. I like it. ugly kid, Joe, though. Hey, you guys. It's old. <laughs> You guys. Yeah. So anyway, who, we love.
0: Who were you with? Was it R- MCA or RCA? RCA. Okay. Now, yeah. RCA, I'm trying to think, who did they have back then? Uh, no
1: rock, rock bands. Band. Yeah. None. We were literally their uh guinea pig. we It, it was, which was kind of a, uh, it was a good and a bad thing because, yeah, I am mean, not bad, you know, it's just like they're good in the sense that they're like, sky's the limit. We're throwing all kinds of development, you know, money at you. I mean, they were, we went on a promo tour in a tour bus, you know, doing, playing acoustic sets in bowling alleys, you know, like in, and bowling, bowling with our fans and radio interviews. But I mean, literally we're not playing any live gigs other than the, than the acoustic tours. I mean, I don't I, like acoustic shows in front of people, either in front of the bus right. or at the bowling alley or whatever it was, but it's just crazy. And they were throwing, you know, no rules stickers out of helicopters over Met stadium. And, you know, huh. Like I said, no, you know, no rules. <laughs> and, but the other side of it was that they, you know, they they were trying to develop, you know, a rock label and get their foot in on what, you know, what was to become. I mean, ironically now, RCA is probably one of the premier that, you know, just a ton of hmm. rock bands and stuff. But yeah, at the time, I don't know, uh, Peter Murphy, you know, home of Elvis, right. Bowie, right. you know, all the just pretty classic to walk into their archives room and say yeah take whatever you want cds or whatever and i'm like
0: holy crap (laughs) you know it's
1: just loaded up oh yeah loaded up anyway so
0: and then did you guys go out on i'm sure you went on tour a regular tour but did you who did you go out with
1: we didn't we never we were doing one-offs we played uh we did a thing in. Uh, we did an East Coast tour and then we did a West Coast tour. But both of those were we were just on our own. It was a club kind of really? theater thing. Yeah, we did not. We never. That was the one thing that never um, clicked for us. Was like getting wow. a supporting slot on a big tour. Do you,
0: um, you, you think that held you back a little bit?
1: Probably. I mean, you know, everybody. You want. You got to get that slot for sure. I mean, mm. you know, that's. I think it's key for sure but we we played a few one-offs we did an Allison Chains date and in uh Cabo um you know a few uh, we did the rip party with you know like Bon Jovi and other, you know there, there were a dozen or so of those kind of one-offs but just
0: locking the tour thing just never it, it didn't it didn't come to fruition so did, did you ever ask questions about it or did you not really know what to ask you, you know, you being so kind of young at
1: the time, where you know, you're you, I think there's definitely some truth in, in, we, I, we definitely ask, but you know, you at the same time, you just kind of think, oh, they know what they're doing, right. you know, it's just right. like, because you don't know, I, no, exactly. So mm-hmm. we're working on it, you know, checks in the mail.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then they did put another album out, right? The second one was on RCA as well, right?
1: Yes, it was. Uh field trip, which was intended to be a, like that to the reason for the title it was just like to be this like little excursion because we felt as a band that we were kind of. Um, growing, obviously, you know, sure. a of years had passed and we, we were kind of wanted to bridge the gap between no rules and where we were going with the next full length record. And so, all right, let's put out an EP or an extended EP or whatever it is. And, and that was, that was the intention behind that. We um, recruited an amazing guy, Chris Goss. I don't know if you know Chris or not, but he's kind of he as the Queens of the stone age, right? Exactly, highest. He's kind of, Mm -hmm. yeah, known as the desert rock uh, producer kind of guy. And he, he just, he was beautiful in the sense that he brought back okay, band in the room, do what you do. That's, you know, just kind of, and recorded us that way as well. Very just, yeah, I really appreciated that. Just coming from a lot of the slickery from no rules. Don't I love no rules and I love, I mean, Dana had a vision and we all, you know, followed it and went with it. And it's like, you know, but we, I think, like I said, we were all kind of ready to like, for that next uh, chapter, and so that's what right. we did with the with, uh, field trip,
0: okay. So, back to um, you mentioned Dana, Dana Strum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how did he get involved with doing your record? So, we were looking for producers,
1: and one of our top picks was um, Bob Esrom. Bob Ezrin did Pink Floyd, The Wall, he's done Alice Cooper, um, just you know, fantastic, incredible, uh. Producer um, and met with Bob. Went to Bob's house, you know, sat there with Bob on the piano, you know, going over things, et cetera, et cetera. He was into it, and then all of a sudden, he had some sort of a, a scheduling conflict. I don't really know the full story, anyway, but mm-hmm. he he was like, "Look, I I want to do this. I and I've been working with this other guy, um, Dana Strom, and we were we've been talking about." co-producing something together i think he'd be really great uh you know to to bring in being i think with you know with the rock element you know kind right. of thing and we were like fantastic so we all met dana and then at some point bob had bailed completely you know kind of just bailed out and we were there with dana and and that's how we, that's how it
0: all came about you know and uh was dana into the band or was he doing it just to kind of get in there and
1: do it no 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 dana was very very much into the okay. band was a
0: huge huge
1: i mean i would even think to this day he was just so such a champion of our cause i mean he 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 loved the music loved working with us it was it was it was a pretty very cool
0: mm-hmm. good time for us mm-hmm. okay good, good and then um so the third album is when you guys ended up calling it quits right why are you recording that we were, we had budgets approved. Uh, we got
1: a guy named Garth Richardson, it was um tasked with uh producing. Um, we were set up in, at uh, Sound City, which I'm sure mm-hmm. you've seen that documentary. That's mm-hmm. where we recorded um field trip, by the way, in the middle in the midst of the riots where they locked down everyone. We were literally no. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were we were in Sound City, and when the riots, the Ronnie King riots broke out, how, and they're um,
0: like, city's
1: on lockdown.
0: <laughs> so how long? Did, so did you keep recording or what? <laughs> oh, yeah! No, we we Might just well, that's right? like,
1: yeah, that's what we did. We recorded no, uh, we <laughs> recorded uh, field trip. Just kept on trucking. <laughs> so um, anyway, so yeah, we're we're in like pre production room, all you know, set up. Um, tr- doing you know pre-production for tunes and and uh you know all of a sudden you know we the band was in a very everybody was growing up you know and going through yeah and going through like their personal stuff and 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 you know uh, families were coming along and uh i mean I, I think just a lot of, like, personal and, and self-discovery mode, like the other song, right? People, like, want to bring in other songs and this, that, and the other. I mean, we, not that that was, none of that was, uh, you know, um, uh, allowed or anything like that. It was just like we had, there was a flow, and then it's like we didn't uh, it, you know, the field trip thing and which went magnificently. It was fantastic. And then all of a sudden after field trip, it was like, no one wanted to come back from the field trip. You know, it was like it was this really weird, like I, I went to, uh, you know, Mexico and Honduras and I was backpacked for three months. So I just was like, you know, uh, like, is this, kind of just questioning everything and yeah. i think everybody everybody else is going through the same thing um and some tension and you know people will say oh you know the band will say i wasn't you know writing lyrics fast enough or this out of the other i take i own my own shit i i mean you know there's an album of eight songs out there that literally i have would have no problem you know releasing at this like today that, right that you know, completely contradicts any of that. So, but at some point, you know, Garth Richardson and the band, unbeknownst to me, decide they think that they need a different singer. (laughs) Now, mind you, yeah, now mind you, the the record deal, there is no record deal if I'm not in the band. So whoever, whoever's idea, it is, too. I'm not saying that from any place of, you know, I'm just sort of stating the facts and this is how, you know, but I just find it ironic and kind of, you know, funny that, okay, we're going to get, we're going to get, we're going to replace the singer, you know, because it's whatever. All we literally had to do was push our gear across the alley into studio one, studio A of and just start hitting record. I mean, God forbid, man. I mean, let's talk about how you know Fleetwood Max rumors was recorded for mm. Christ's sake. I mean, it's mm. like yeah there'll be no wine before it's time. It's like there is there was a lot of stuff flowing. Uh, you know, and and quite honestly, if it was, it was such a crazy time because like all in in the business world, like managers, the label, anyone that was involved, like no one said, I don't recall anyone ever going, Hey, you know, you, you gotta, we gotta get this thing done. You know, and I never felt like, like there was this, like you you (laughs) need to fulfill. And, and in, in retrospect, I kind of feel like, I probably it should have. I I probably should have been the guy saying we got to get this done. But I just felt like mm. I just walked away. <laughs> it just I don't know. I didn't want to fight. I, I didn't want to. You think he? I, it wasn't. I don't even think it was out of ego. I just thought. I don't, I don't know. I hmm. that's all I can tell you about it. Wow. it. It just felt like the right time to to just to, to bail. Out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And did you have any plans of what you were going to do or you were just going to just get out of that situation I, at that time?
1: I remained with RCA for about two years. I wrote with, um, they're like, who do you want to write with? What do you want to do? And I was like, hmm. I mean, I was on retainer. I was getting a monthly stipend or whatever, you know, and mm-hmm. I was, uh, and I thought, oh, yeah. Well, there's this guy in Minnesota that I kind of always, you know, and I, a guy named bryn Arns I, I don't know if you know bryn or not but he's in a band called flip currently now and actually flip came out of the thing that he and i started back then when when i had just left um kick tracy and um but i wrote when ended up going to new york writing with this guy with bryn and we probably wrote like 20 30 songs was, kept firing demos off to rca they're like this is great just kept going and going and then it was kind of like it all just kind of fizzled to a certain extent, but it was fizzling more with me because it, it all kind of felt like a rebound relationship to a certain mm. extent. I, I, I'm very kind yeah. of a, an emotional being, you know, if I, if you will, but, um, mm-hmm. I, I, again, I was just in this place of, I'd been since I was, you know, 12, 13, it was like one band to the next, to the next, to the next, yeah. to the next, led me to LA, this, that, and the other. And I was just, and, I, and then there was a part of me where it's like, okay, all those dreams came true. Now what, you know, right? do I, and so, but the one thing I can't shake is the, the desire to write a song, you know, to, to craft and, and write a song. So that's, yeah. that's insane. And perform, so that's what I do. Well,
0: you're you know, a performer, like, so yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't lose as a musician. You don't lose that urge. Yes, At least I don't think. You know,
1: I have not lost it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what? What was your next project that you did then? After that, I mean, when was
1: it? Uh, it was called Heavy Syrup. It was with um, with Bryn. It, it was all we recorded a a bulk of it in minneapolis in a studio called the sound gallery um Mm -hmm. this is 94 to you know like maybe a year and a half like so you didn't really
0: take a big break
1: no and then from Mm -hmm. no i've never stopped i just you know at, at some point i i you know I got out of my deal with RCA, which was some of the best lawyering my lawyer ever did. It was because I came to find out that, you know, all that money that they were dropping on Kid Tracy potentially could have fallen directly and solely in my lap. Um, But it was all they my lawyer had it all written off as basically um, label development. And <laughs> and that's a wash, you know. We, we love that what, guy, right? <laughs> we love that guy. Thank you, Jeffrey Light. <laughs> yeah.
0: So 94, Manual. 94-ish, 95. Um, yeah. And then you auditioned for Motley Crue around that time.
1: Motley Crue was pre that. Motley Crue was Before? around 90. It was literally, literally a week after... Vince wow. left the band.
0: Well, when, would, when did that record come out? That Motley record with Karate? I think the, I think it was '94. Oh, was it
1: '94? Okay. Yeah.
0: was, was Kick Tracy was still together when I auditioned for,
1: for for Motley. We we were kind of in our. I, I want to say that was like
0: '93, early '93, something like that. Mm-hmm. Ish. Mm-hmm. So when you got the call from Motley to come audition, I mean, you had to be, be high as a kite. I was um it was about 11
1: about 11:30 in the morning this is when I, am you know, pulling all nighters doing whatever, you know, with the with the band all living in one um apartment in North Hollywood and, and um I I, re- I just remember my phone ringing and and at this time my my I have a 30-year-old son His name's Jagger and his Mother and Nikki's ex, Brandy Brandt, were very good friends. I had been spending a lot of time at Nikki's house. I'd done some holidays, I'd gone to our kids' birthday parties, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So Jagger and his son, um, Gunner, were really good buddies and were the same age. But anyway, I get a call and I'm like, you know, kind of just rolling and, uh, and waking up, and he, it's Nikki, and he's like, hey, dude. And he's, and he's like, you know, I'm it's crazy man but uh you know vince just left the band i mean i'm talking like literally 20 minutes ago you know like left the house left the band whatever you know he's calling me and i'm like he's like we're wondering if you want to come down i'm like um <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah gotta think about yeah.
1: that <laughs> yeah give me let me just finish waking up but yeah it's just a dream kind of thing um Nevertheless, yeah, that, that all happened. And I uh, maybe I'm going to say, like I said, four or five days after that, he, you know, I ended up in the, some room over by the Burbank airport mm-hmm. and rolling in and spent about three, four hours there. Um, you know, like, hey, dude, you know, Tommy from behind yeah. the kit. What do you want to play, man? It's like, you know, and right into live wire. And then I just, I step into a circle of, you know, basically my own world of like monitors and it's so fucking loud part of my French, but it's like, I, I, I rehearse loud and I've rehearsed in, in, in loud, loud environments, but this was like, you know, like jet airliner, you know, just crazy. And you're like, okay, well, I got to find my, my bearings here. Like, yeah, could you hear the- yourself? Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> yeah. sometimes when it's so loud, you're like, where's the one, you know, like it's a, yeah. I know that riff because I i mean, I grew up in the Midwest and ironically, I covered a lot of, you know, I grew up doing three sets of covers and squeezing in some originals in the Midwest, you know, mm. kind of a thing. And a lot of those covers were Motley and Ozzy and Priest and this, that, and the other, but so I knew it, you know, and I'm like, but anyway, that all worked out. It's great. And we played a couple others. I think we did Dr. Feel Good and, and Primal Scream and something else. And then we started, you know, he kind of starts digging through my lyric book and, you know, this, that, and the other. And we started, like, working on some stuff. Hey, we got this. Everything was recorded as well, by the way. It was, but, hmm. I mean, fantastic experience. You know, what, I, what, what can I yeah. say? I, re, I remember literally... uh Walking out, you know, they only saw four people myself, Terrain, Karabi, and I think Sebastian. Mm. Um, yeah. um, but I remember walking out of there and I was like, you know, just hair tingling and 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 like the sun, I was out by the airport, and I remember the sun kind of go, it was like summer, and it was like nine o'clock and the sun was setting, and it was just this crazy surreal scene. And I I remember getting in my car and it was like and and uh, thinking that was fucking amazing. And but that's not that's not for me, <laughs> you know. Like you I literally, yeah, yeah. I, I knew that that I was not. I did not want to fill those shoes. Mm. I, that is not something I wanted to do. And I, you know, as amazing as it was, and etc. I I just felt like that. Like that that was just enough for me.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that, I mean that—that's some big shoes to fill. Lead singer for my Crew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know plus, if you could have got any bigger at that time.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I don't. You're you're absolutely right. And plus, you know, the KT thing was still going, and I was a I was a loyal. I mean, how am I not going to go to that audition, regardless? You know, I was sure. still super loyal to my band, you know, and so, uh, and we were on a uh, we were on a pretty serious trajectory at that point, you know, and things were looking really good but mm. uh I, I you know had to get in get in get in and go to that you know go to the room and at least that's follow awesome. through and show up brother yeah you've I mean, had
0: that experience that's that's great experience remember yeah and then along with that you've tried out for other great bands velvet revolver yes sir now that yeah, one kind that... of got out in public a little bit on that <laughs> show <laughs> yeah kind i'm of forever like, known as yeah, yeah kind yeah, of for, forever known as the
1: stripper girl guy <laughs> <laughs> I am like, Hey, change the lyric, you know, whatever. I mean, anything can be whatever, but that song is actually amazing. But the really, I which I'll send you after this, we, we get yeah, off here, but I'd I'll send you, I'll send you the track that they first heard uh, the first song we did, which is a song called soul shine. Um, this is an interesting thing because um, the guy that got me um, into that room was a guy named John Greenberg and John Greenberg was re- representing Karabi at the time and that I met um, Greenberg during the Motley auditions and ever since then Greenberg has made, been a major, major champion of my cause. He's just like gotta see this guy you know, I mean, it, it, with Velvet Revolver he's and he is also uh, you know uh uh, uh instrumental in getting me in the room with the SCP guys as well. Another story. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, we'll get there next. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a list, you know. It's wonderful to be it's wonderful to be uh to be recognized and in, in, yes. in, like it, I mean it's a beautiful thing, you know. I um but anyway the I, I go in, do the audition with the Velvet Revolver guys, play live, a couple of uh, GNR tunes. Again, worked with them on a few originals that they were working on. Maybe it was like an hour and a half, two hours at the most in the room. They hand me a cassette or whatever it was at that time, <laughs> eight track, uh, <laughs> of no, a, a current recording, which just an instrumental board tape off of their recording everything. They've been holed up right. in the same place for like a year looking for a singer and they hand me this track and i took it back and from that point on like you know vh1's following me around they went to my work they came to my house i was living in a tree house at the time in venice they came they were following me around recording the track you saw all that etc anyway i re i when you see me taking that um song to them that's actually me bringing a song called uh soul shine to them and literally i dropped that off and uh like 15 minutes later i get a this is the initial you know after they give me the first track i dropped that song off and Greenberg calls me up he goes dude they're freaking they're they're flipping out you know i i send them this track and they're like they want to give you more music. I'm like, kick ass. And so that's when they gave me more stuff. And I wrote, you know, like, I think I ended up writing three songs. Um, but anyway, I'd love for you, to, for you to hear the song Soul Shine. Yeah, because, I would love to. Or, yeah. Anyway, um, another fantastic experience. Again, always just, I'm I'm. it's wonderful to be considered.
0: Sure, sure. I have <laughs> um, a singer in a band that I used to play with also did the Velvet Revolver audition. They flew him out there. And he was okay. out there for about a week with them. And he told me about his experience, and it sounds very similar to your experience. Yes. But they uh they called him up at like one in the morning when he was out there, and had him go in the studio and write lyrics and sing a song. At <laughs> one in the morning? Yeah. They just left <laughs> I him. Yes. He was there by himself and the and the engineers. It's like the velvet <laughs> revolver hazing. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. If so. you can do this. But that's awesome. And then so, tell me about Stone Temple Pilots. I mean, what happened there?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Of all, of all the one of, of the three of them, that would that one felt like I, I like a. I wanted it, <laughs> uh-huh. you know. Like I, I, it made the most sense, you know. It made the most. Like I, I just felt like, oh man, you know. Like, definitely did my my do did you know did my homework, and I I felt I was maybe might have even been over prepared. Who knows? But um, that was again. I, I just I feel it's just wonderful to get in the room with the guy, these guys and just feel that, that energy, you know, and just be around that, that, you know, that little, that thing, you know, whatever that sparkle is, you know what I mean? Um, And. Yeah. I, I, again, I think the guy, it was on the last day I went in and I think the guy that literally came in after me, which I, you know, and we, I know, I think he was on one of those, the, i don't know the singing shows or something he's he's awesome by the way mm-hmm. I'm, I, I like the guy they got excuse me but um you know i i just i don't you know it's like going in for a movie role i guess i don't take any of it personally i'm sure. just honored to be to be you know you just they're looking for what they're looking for you know i mean i yeah.
0: did my part and i couldn't have sang it any better or or you know it's, it, it is what it is i could definitely see you singing those songs thank you yeah, yeah. But uh, that's great, though. At least you got the opportunity with three great bands. It was not like yes. just a little band that called you up to audition. These are three <laughs> great bands. You know what I mean? True, true. That no, so. a beautiful thing. So, so what do we have for future plans with you and and Kick Tracy? Anything? Because you got to say you got to admit, all these bands are back together now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, except no, you I... guys and a couple others that I know of, but any yeah, plans for that? I... <laughs>
1: I keep thinking we're, we're probably the last band on the strip that hasn't reunited, which keeps, in my mind, increasing our, our, our value or something. <laughs> Who knows? Right. I don't know. Uh, the longer we go, the higher our rate. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's any kick Tracy plans. If anything by way of kick Tracy music um, happens, it would be most likely be through me in some sort of like i've done some acoustic shows with drew and we do some K- kt tunes mm. i do some of my solo stuff drew's, drew's an amazing player and supporter of all all things me solo zfm kt you know mm. and so if that's a beautiful uh person and team player to have you know on my side you know just so it would be most likely with he and myself and whoever we decide to if i can incorporate i know johnny uh has expressed interest in and in, uh, always playing with me although he's got quite a gig now i don't know if you, you know johnny douglas he's now i think uh he's the they made an announcement he's now the full-time drummer of aerosmith the really? old Real drummer for kt <laughs> yeah johnny douglas
0: when was this yeah. was, when did this come out uh three months ago right. <laughs> i missed it oh huh. yeah oh yeah so yeah, he's yeah. got something going on then i'd say yeah he was
1: tommy kramer's uh tech for like eight years or something he literally after kt broke up johnny went on the road with frank beard from this easy top johnny's from houston and knew frank from back mm-hmm. in the day and Frank was like, hey man, you want to come out? And he, first he was reluctant. And then after he did, he loved it. And he spent he literally has been Alex Van Halen's tech. He's just like oh, the wow. premier guy. Tico Torres, Alex Van Halen for like 10 years. Uh, he did, uh, you know, like I said, Tommy Kramer. And then when Tommy had an injury, he was the guy that filled in. Um, I think in 2021 or 2020, I think he played more gigs than Tommy did while they were doing those residencies in, in Vegas. Wow. But
0: but uh, anyway, maybe he'll find a break in his schedule, and we can put some KT dates in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I bet the opportunity's there. I gotta imagine. I mean, you, I'm sure you have you gotten calls. I, I get I get yeah. the Facebook
1: uh, messages from different people, maybe on a you know a biweekly type thing for yeah. this, that, or the other. But you know, uh, no one's. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. I right. mean, like I said, it'll it. I think Drew will definitely be part of that, and uh, I I can't imagine any. Uh, Rob, the bass player, has expressed he'd be like he said he'd be up for it, and I know Johnny would be up for it. But both mm-hmm. guitar players are a little dicey. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could twist Greg uh, Hex's arm into it, but other mm-hmm. than that, I sure. It would What, have
0: a, to, what about yeah. the album that didn't get released? Do you own the rights to that? Can you put I, it
1: out? I can and we we are going to do that. I'm going to put that we're going to end up putting that officially out through KRM, the record the label that I just put out the CFM stuff on. Right. Through it, through it through, yeah. Awesome. So we're going yeah. So we're going to we're going to kind of uh revisit that sonically, master it, you know, not do a, too much to it. We might throw a, you know a little some guitar, you know, uh here and there or something to just kind of but i or just kind of as is and just give it a little you know shine mm-hmm. uh other than that but yeah we're gonna package that up and put that out center of attention
0: do we do we Which, have a, a plan a date time no okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna i'm to say 2023 but yeah. you know uh, it's right now we're we're in zfm mode and i you know sure. in a perfect world i'd like to get you know, in my chat with Drew yesterday, we're we're discussing you know getting a live you know band together to go out and support that. So that, mm-hmm. that's the next focus. Also, also working on a potential musical for Central musical. That sounds
0: that sounds complicated.
1: <laughs> it is, but it isn't. I've been in several. I actually played Jimmy in the musical staging of the Who's Quadrophenia Right. Um, and I've done also. Um, uh, a piece, uh, an Arthur Miller piece, um, called temptation and where I played Lucifer, which is kind of like this, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's, I think it's the rewrite of the book of Exodus, anything anyway. Um, but yeah, musicals, uh, rock opera, um, you know, the Zen from Mars thing is, uh, there's, there's actually a pretty insane story there. So I'm that I'm going to tease that right now. And then I'm going I'm for, that's formulating as we speak
0: awesome awesome now you were also in a who trippy band right i do that on the side as well do you still do that i do that on the, i still do yeah you still do yeah oh, that's fantastic
1: that's how i I got into the, the tribute game from doing the uh the the quadrophenia um oh. you know when i was doing the quadrophenia gig because the band that was in that uh piece at the time was a this the show was built around that band it was like a thirty person cast sh- you know show that was intended to go to either off Broadway, Broadway or Vegas for a residency. We showcased that for Roger Daltrey and Bill Kirbishley, the manager of the Who at the time. Met Roger, thumbs up, got you know. But our producers um, were hell bent on getting um, Pete Townsend's blessing, mm. and um, which never I mean we we were in touch with him through his musical uh publishing company um but and there was like rumors that there were spottings that he was at a show or a showcase like we saw him or didn't anyway they they were they didn't want to go forward with it until they got his blessing and come to find out we really didn't need his blessing We you know we could have just gone, but mm. nevertheless um kind of a funny story. I mean, after that whole thing ends, like the, the quad thing ends, you know, and after all this talk about, you know, trying to track down Pete Townsend, I'm standing in Beverly Hills at this like hoity um shopping place called Maxwell's where you basically need a, an appointment to get in. And, and I'm standing there. There's no one else. And there. I'm bumming through these blazers, you know, on the side. And I look to my left and it's literally Pete Townsend. <laughs> and I, and I'm like, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, we've been trying to get a hold of you, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> but really, I just said, look, I don't usually do this, but I feel like. I must, I've got to introduce you myself. I've been playing, you know, your character Jimmy and Bill Schultz. He's all like, oh, right, right. Oh my God, bloke, you know. And he just lights up and he, you know, he starts for the next 30 minutes, you know, for all the salespeople. And this bloke plays one of my characters, and, <laughs> you know, in my he's Quadrocini, in a rock opera. And da, da, da. I mean, you know, there, it was just, he gives me his email, you know, literally. And to this day, I can fire off at him and he's like, responds in five minutes.
0: That's awesome. I love to hear stories like that. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's something else. It's amazing. So, oh, good. There you have and, it, brother. I'm glad to hear and to see that you are still that you haven't stopped, and you're still Thank on you, top brother. of your game. That's fantastic. And that I you're working really with Drew because Drew's great. I couldn't agree with you more. Me yeah. too.
1: I, I'm, I, it's a beautiful thing. We we've, we've got quite a chemistry, and I value and value it very much. And he's he's a very good. special person in my life. I, I appreciate him.
0: Fantastic. All right. So your Zen from Mars stuff is available on iTunes as well as all of your material, right? Yes. All the streaming outlets and all that stuff. Yes, sir. Awesome. All right, Stephen. Well, it was a pleasure chatting with you, bud. You as well, Joe. It's really a pleasure, man. That was fun. I appreciate you. All right, buddy.
1: Appreciate it. Cheers, man.